Record. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Your voice kind of cracked. Hey, hey everybody. <laughs> I'm through puberty. <laughs> I'm a 12-year-old boy. Um, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Diet Ride Podcast. It's Brooke and Alyssa Miller. Both Millers. Both dietitians. <laughs> Both moms. Both. I always feel like this is like living a competition. In, I know. Both living in Denver. That's right. From the Midwest. From the Midwest. And both currently in our very fancy office. Yes. <laughs> With no kids. No and kids. No dogs. No dogs, guys. We probably won't be interrupted. No promises because our husbands have our emergency number. That's <laughs> they need true. to get a hold of us. So. Oh, hopefully. Hopefully they don't we'll need us. We shall see if we get interrupted. Um, yeah. Welcome to our podcast, guys. Today we're talking about healthy habits and and intuitive eating together and how they go hand in hand in one. Symbiosisly, symbiotically. She's doing with her hands right now. (laughs) There's definitely something with my hands that shows that it's a symbiosis relationship. Symbiosis. I don't think that's a word. Symbiosis. You make up a lot of words on this podcast. It's my favorite thing to do. My favorite pastime: making up words. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for this. I feel like this is a topic that people get confused on, and I want to clarify because I think um, when I hear people talk about intuitive eating that don't really know what it is. They just assume it's a free-for-all. Yes. Like, oh, intuitive eating is just F diet culture, which it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like... You're not wrong. <laughs> but it's also, I'm going to eat 10 stacks of Oreos every day because I can. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you totally can if you want to, but yeah. that's, that, that's not really the point of intuitive eating. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to kind of touch on... We'll just kind of like do a basic overview of what intuitive eating is and then healthy habits that we all can implement Mm -hmm. while still intuitively eat. Yeah. I think like one of the questions we were asked at one point was, what are the misconceptions of intuitive eating? And one of the misconceptions is that it's literally just a free for all where you eat whatever you want, whatever you want, how much you want. And although that is true and that is how you can approach intuitive eating, and oftentimes that's the first step in learning to be an intuitive eater is letting go of all those food rules and saying yes to whatever you're feeling at that moment. But eventually you get to a point in intuitive eating where you're like, hey, I've been eating 10 stacks of Oreos a day <laughs> and I'm not doing so I hot. I feel terrible. I feel like 10 stacks of Oreos. How you could imagine that would feel. So eventually you start to like tune into your body and like if you follow the principles, if you go back to one of our like super early episodes where we got cover the actual principles of intuitive mm-hmm. eating, you'll notice that gentle nutrition is what they've coined it, comes last. And that's because it's the last thing you should be thinking about in your intuitive eating journey. And so once you kind of work your way through the steps as best you can, you're never going to perfect them. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the gentle nutrition side of things, which I I don't want to speak for you, but it's like my favorite part of it. Because mm-hmm. you're like, it's fun to go through the steps of like effing diet culture and getting rid of like all these weird right. food rolls. But I love the nutrition and the science behind the nutrition that comes during gentle nutrition where you start to relearn things with no guilt and no shame around it. But you learn how it like physically responds in your body and Mm -hmm. why you feel better eating X versus eating Y. Mm -hmm. Why does this make me have more energy? Why do I feel better over a span of a week if I make these choices? So that's kind of where we're going to land today of like how you can incorporate back in your healthy habits 
that without like feelings of guilt or shame or should or have to around it. Um, and not, I don't know, not you, if you're currently in the middle of like an eating disorder or disordered eating, you want to go through the other principles for sure. And, you know, learn how to let go of those food rules. But eventually we're going to end up to a place where we need to incorporate back in some healthy habits. So we feel good in our own bodies. Mm-hmm. Right. And so intuitive eating is, it's not following a meal plan because all of our bodies are different. Mm-hmm. So somebody may respond great to scrambled eggs. Somebody may have an egg allergy or an intolerance <laughs> to eggs. I mean, so it's like with the thing that we don't like about meal planning. And I think as a dietitian, like our expectation is, oh, you're a dietitian. So you just write meal plans all day. Exactly. But we, we can't do that because everybody's body is different. Mm-hmm. And so intuitive eating is listening to your body, taking mental notes of what works for you, what doesn't work for you because everybody's different. Caffeine, for instance, some people totally. after 2 PM, yes. if they have caffeine, they're up all night and they can't function. Me, I can drink caffeine all day, nope. all night, and all I will pass out. No, or, I'm up all night. I'm one of those people. Yeah, so it's like... But I didn't know that for a long time. Yeah. So not until I started to like take caffeine out of my diet and then start adding it back in slowly was I like, hey, weird that I have insomnia the days that I have caffeine at 5 p.m. Yeah. So now, although I still make that choice regularly, <laughs> at it's least I know... It's worth it. I, at least I know the repercussions of it. But yeah, you're right. Everyone's different. Or some people, caffeine gives them huge anxiety spikes. Mm-hmm. Huge. And I, when I was going through any sort of anxiety, I thought it was caffeine for a while and it turns out it doesn't affect me that way. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good example. Yeah. So different. So intuitive eating is more like focusing on what works for you. And then, um, also yes, initially it is kind of a free for all initially going through like screwing diet culture and going through those motions and rejecting the diet mentality, all of those things. It is a free for all. It's allowing yourself Maybe writing a list of all your bad foods or your no-no foods. Yeah, Yeah, your foods that you have fear around. Making a list of them and going through that week and eating every one of those foods at least once. um, Just to, like, get over that fear. Mm -hmm. Once you're in a better place with that and you're not scared of food anymore, then we kind of go into more of the healthy habits. And actually a lot of what at least I'm going to talk about today is not related to food. It's other healthy habits. Exactly. Because... Nutrition is a big part of our health, but it's not the whole picture at all. There's so much to it. Yeah. And I think when it comes to nutrition, there are, there are definitely research studies out there that show that there are certain nutritional like concepts that work for humans in general. Mm -hmm. So regardless of who you are in general, you're going to do better eating whole nutritious foods versus foods that offer little nutrition. So in general, overall, Mm -hmm. most humans are going to be doing better on that on like a physiological way. Like this is how my body functions and like different um, metabolic instances in your body will function better if you serve it the right types of foods. So for example, we talked about this um, during the gut health episode. You can go back and listen to that. where like, these are certain foods that you need to have in your diet to have good gut health. So when you Mm -hmm. start to have foods that don't have those nutrients or whatnot, or fibers or prebiotics or probiotics, your gut health suffers, which means that your overall health, including your mental health, like we talked about in the episode, Mm -hmm. suffers. So you can take like general overarching ideas of nutrition and try it in your life and see how you respond. Because although we can tell you what works for humans in general or the average human or someone without food allergies, 
we can't tell you and no one really should be telling you what you specifically should be eating day in and day out because your body's going to respond super differently than mine or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I think in general healthy habits, you can start from this overarching idea, but then you really need to narrow down, okay, I feel really good when I have a big green smoothie first thing in the morning. That's what makes me feel best. But then someone else might say, actually, green smoothie makes me like super jittery or crash later or something. I need something else to go with it or somewhere Mm -hmm. along those lines. So you need to start implementing some of these ideas in your life. And then, like Brooke said, taking mental note or even a physical note, if you need to do Mm -hmm. that, on how it makes you feel over time, not just once, but over time, and then decide if that's something you want to keep in your life or not. So from a nutrition standpoint, I think it's safe to say that all of us can benefit from eating more fruits and vegetables. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think I don't think Unless you're, you're allergic. anyone who is going to discredit that. Right. So, I mean, a lot of this is just basic common sense. Mm-hmm. So the more fruits and vegetables we eat, the more we're getting vitamins and minerals. Um, it's going to help us with our gut health. And I mean, you can literally have a long laundry list of things. <laughs> Just like drinking water is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Drinking more water is something we all could probably work on. Um, And so I think from a nutrition standpoint, those are probably my two biggest tips is just eating a variety of foods, eating more fruits and vegetables, and drinking more water. Mm -hmm. Those are like basic things that we all could benefit from. Yeah, I think the other thing to add in there from my standpoint is adequacy. Like... A lot of people, especially coming out of diet culture, literally are not eating enough food. Yes. And like, it's not just, oh, the quality of food is poor, but you're literally not eating enough Mm -hmm. calories per day. And a lot of people are surprised with how much food they actually need to function well every day. Mm -hmm. And this might be why you're struggling with things like fatigue or memory loss or like bowel irregularity or something like that is because you're literally not feeding yourself enough. So I think that's something else. Some of us, some of us maybe are getting more than what we need, but learning kind of mm-hmm. that level of how much food your body needs each and every day, because it will fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Like I have days where I have ravenously hungry, like I'm ravenously hungry because I'm nursing all the time. Mm-hmm. So I can eat a ton of calories. I'm not going to put a number on it because I don't count my calories. Yeah. But in general, I could eat probably a thousand over what I do another day when I'm not as hungry. And that's mm-hmm. totally normal. So learning kind of where you fluctuate in that adequacy of getting fed enough and knowing what that feels like for your body is super important too. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people turn to, I'm tired. And it could be uh, it could be that you're dehydrated yes. or it could be that you're not eating enough food. And especially people who work out regularly, I think yeah. that that's another thing is like people have this mindset of diet culture of, exercise more, eat less. Yeah. And people think that that is the way to go. And it's like, actually, if you want to have a better workout and you want to have the energy to make it through your workout, Mm -hmm. you need to fuel yourself before your workout. You need to fuel yourself after your workout to help rebuild those muscles. So you actually should be eating more. So it's like exercise more equals eat more. Yeah. Just like Alyssa and I are both breastfeeding. We need more calories. Exactly. We need to eat more than a normal person. Right. We need to eat more calories and more than we did when we were pregnant. I mean, mm-hmm. our needs are literally the highest they're ever going to be in our life. Yep. Um, a cancer patient is going to need so much more calories than somebody else. And again, we're, we don't count calories, but, um, but everybody's bodies are, are different. They're energy. energy. Like people, like that is like the biggest metaphor that you can come away with is like, 
it's literally like adding fuel to the fire. So like if you want to have a great workout and have a big fire, you need to add more wood or more food or more calories or what have you, kind of bridging that gap. Like Mm -hmm. you need to feed it the fuel in order to produce a response. Like energy, who is it that, is it Newton? that came up with like basically the fact that like energy exists and all it is doing is just transferring places. So you can't just build energy out of zero. You can't just like all of a sudden have energy. You have to bring it from somewhere like sunlight or from food or cow. That's what calories are, are just literally little jewels of energy. Like one way to look at it. So Alyssa and I are breastfeeding. So if we, let's say we get our breast pump out and we pump out six ounces Mm -hmm. So our breast milk is 20 calories per ounce. Mm -hmm. You times that by six, that equals how many calories that we burned. Our body burned that to make these. (laughs) It took away these, like the milk. Uh And now those calories are going to be energy for our child. Right. So we're transferring that that energy. energy, Yeah. Which is so weird to think about. That is so crazy. But it is cool. Um, But that is like. That's yeah, how it that's works. Like, I think that's about the, the transferring the energy. Yeah. Yes. I think of that. Where so many people are like, I'm going to drink these zero, zero calorie energy drinks and then I'm going to have all this energy. No, you're going to have a spike in caffeine and, and you're going to crash. And you're going to crash. This is not actual energy that you're burning. And if you continue eating, like if you eat 100 or 100 calorie pack of foods or zero calorie mm-hmm. drinks, you're you're not taking energy from that drink. You're taking energy from your bone mass or from your muscle mass or from your fat stores. You're not taking it from this drink. And people mm-hmm. get confused on that. And I think a lot of it is like this placebo effect of like, right. oh, I had this zero calorie sweetener. And so now I should be really hyped up on sugar. Mm-hmm. You didn't have any sugar because it's zero right. calorie. So you're literally not burning any energy. And you think mentally now that you have energy where it's really just taking from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. <sighs> Anyways, I think that was a little bit of a tangent, but you yeah. get how passionate we are about it. Yeah. I think another thing is just um, ditching the scale, I think is a really good tool that we all need to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know I like, I'm in a lot of like groups that I probably should leave online just because <laughs> I can't handle them. But, um, you know, it's just like, oh, what's your current body weight? What's your goal weight? And I mm-hmm. look at it and I'm like, man, it's so sad because these women are letting a scale dictate their life. They're mm-hmm. letting the scale determine their day. They're letting a scale determine their worth. Mm-hmm. And there's no number on the scale that's going to magically make you happy. Right. So I think ditching the scale and relying on foods, relying on your energy, relying on other things to determine how well you're doing with your health, not relying on the scale because health is, you can be healthy at any size and Mm -hmm. you know, you can read health at every size, but like just because somebody's a hundred pounds does not mean that they are living a healthy lifestyle. Right. Somebody who's 200 pounds could be living a very healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So weight should not determine your health or your worth mm-hmm. and so I think that we need to all like just not chill get on out a scale. <laughs> just don't get on a scale we it really I mean I think scales yeah seriously I think like for someone like me who there's always going to be part of diet culture that creeps into like our lives like even non-diet dietitians who like work really hard at not only teaching other people this stuff but also on our own life there's still going to be stuff that creeps in so for me owning a scale 
I used to weigh myself before I got pregnant for the first time, I would say once a week. And that was because I was recommending that my cancer patients (laughs) do weigh themselves once a week. Mm -hmm. But like what we're looking for between me, a healthy, typical human female versus like my cancer patients are very different. We Mm -hmm. need their weight as a set point to see how they're doing muscle wise. Mm -hmm. And for me, even though I knew that my weight didn't define my worth or it didn't really matter. Mm -hmm. I still found myself doing things like, oh, well, I just showered. My hair's a little wet. So that's why there's like an extra pound in there or something. Mm -hmm. What do I care? Like literally, what do I care? Like, who are you telling this way to? Nobody. Nobody. And it's like in my own head where I'm like, well, I'm going to wait tomorrow to weigh myself instead of tonight because I'll be lighter in the morning than I was at night. No, it's water. It's literally, it literally doesn't matter. It's like, it just, it would seep into my brain, even though I knew that it didn't really matter. It's an average. And Brooke and I talk about this. Your weight is a drop in the bucket when it comes to like looking at the entire picture of your Mm -hmm. health. It's one factor to possibly think about. But honestly, like Brooke said, health at every size is a very true thing that you can be healthy and have healthy habits in your life and also have a very different set point than someone who maybe doesn't even have those health healthy habits in their life. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, and just like just because you're overweight or obese does not guarantee that you're going to have any health issue. Right. If you're underweight, you're actually probably more prone to, to more health issues. Right. If you're underweight, like yeah. you're probably in more danger being underweight compared to being overweight. So, like the BMI and overweight and <laughs> underweight is just like Brooke just rolled her eyes when yes. she said BMI, by the way. Yeah. We need to text her. Stupid stupid invention. I literally read this article about how the BMI was invented I and I had heard this before, but it was nice to like read it, read about it, that it was basically just like averaging white males in Europe and like wherever that set point was, was like, oh, well this is average for a typical male. And then they just applied that formula to women and to people yeah. all over the world. And it's like, Hey, hold on. This is yes. ridiculous. And even the guy who invented it or came up with that. He's algorithm, like, this is not the purpose of yes, this. This yeah. is not how we should be measuring anybody. Yeah. And so even the words like underweight, overweight, obese, obese times yeah. three or whatever they want to call it, morbid obesity. Yeah. Like those terms are coming from the BMI scale, which like Brooke and I have both said, like is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It's, it's just a not, useless tool yeah. for that. And it doesn't make sense, like, if it was just a tool for the average white male in Europe to then apply it to someone who's completely diverse or has different genetics or is a female, a completely different um, uh, gender or whatnot. It's just, it's insane to hold each other to those standards. Yeah. So, So, hmm. just screw dye culture. Yeah. So, throw out your scale. Yes. (laughs) Back Um, to that. Another healthy habit, I think, is making sleep a priority. Oh, God. I'm so bad at this. I know you are. I mean, my son is waking me up at least once a night Uh to eat. So, you know, I'm right there with you. Isn't it funny? It's like, okay, because right now, I'm not going to lie. My kids are really great sleepers right now. It's all a stage, though. So, like, I know it's probably coming. Yeah. Ashton was a (laughs) great sleeper, too. I listened to one of our podcasts, like... Two months ago, and uh-huh. I was like, he sleeps great. And now I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Shut up, old Brooke. I'm jealous of you. Um, yeah, so right now, both my kids are going to sleep around 8, 8.30, and then both of them are sleeping till 8, 8.30 in the what? morning. Yes. This is my life. Oh my gosh. My baby is younger than mine, and he wakes up to nurse once <laughs> well, a night. Well, I have to say, Nora, though, like the four-month sleep regression you've heard oh, of, yeah. is right around It's coming. The it's coming. But for now, I'm trying to enjoy it. 
However, every night this week and last week, I've been up to like midnight or 1am either working on my side hustle or like my business because I'm a stay at home, work from home mom or whatever you want to call it, doing, trying to do things in between nap times. I was telling my mom, I was like, they have an overlap of nap time for 15 minutes and I'm trying to do eight hours worth of work in 15 Yeah, minutes. it's not possible. It's impossible. So like, or I want to spend time with my husband or whatever. Yeah. So we end up staying up and it's so hard to not only spend time with your husband, work on your side project, your side hustle, clean your house for the next day because mm-hmm. it's horrible being a stay-at-home mom with a dirty house. It's the worst. Yeah, it's so, real. So literally it's like, how do people get this done <laughs> before midnight? They have nannies and cleaners. Yeah, I know. I really... Can you give me some money so I can do that, please? Just, maybe <laughs> I'll have my mom come over more often. Yeah. I always joke every time they come over that they're my little elves because literally I'll be holding my baby and I'll look up and like my kitchen's clean and I'm like, what? what? Or magical. you're like, here, hold them. Let me clean. You yeah, like, exactly. Yes, I'll, yeah. That's the yeah, best. So good. Anyways, um, yes, so, so yes, sleep. <laughs> sleep is like, I mean, literally, if you guys look at the research studies out there for like what sleep can help, not only like... Um, not only like physiological diseases and things that it can ward off, but also curing things like stress and anxiety, mental health, sleep is like number one. Mm -hmm. But then when you have a baby waking, I was telling Josh this, I said, yeah, I get, I got seven hours last night, which sounds great. But if you're up in the middle of that, like at three and a half hours, you wake up to nurse a baby and then you go back to sleep. Sure. Total seven hours. But you're not getting that, like, deep REM cycle. No. <laughs> you're like, no, you do not. No, you do not. Not that you I don't feel good in the morning. Right <laughs> um, but, yeah, sleep goes along with stress, anxiety, and mental health. And mm-hmm. so we did talk about postpartum mental health in the last episode. But it goes for everybody. I mean, we really believe that mental health is just as important as physical health. So getting stress and anxiety and your mental health under control should be a top priority if you feel like that is, like, where your health is lacking or struggling. Yeah. Um, And I think sleep, like, for me, the times in my life where I've been consistent about sleep is where you find the release in, like, the stress and anxiety because... It, one night of 10 hours of sleep is not going to cure your stress no. or anxiety. It's the consistency. It's, again, like, similar to intuitive eating. It's also your body's stress, like, will go down just by knowing and trusting that you're going to give it ample sleep. Like, having, like, that in my mind that, oh, well, tonight I'm going to get a good night's sleep. And trusting that over time and time again and being consistent is where that stress relief comes from mm-hmm. versus just, like, random bits of, like, a nap and random bits of, like, 10 hours of sleep it doesn't add up to quite as much as, like, consistency mm-hmm. all the time, which I'm bad at. But right. I'll get there. Maybe by the time my kids Someday. go to college. <laughs> yeah, I know. Possibly. I feel like it's never going to happen. Um, yeah. And then another one with, like, mental health and anxiety and stress is spiritual health. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if you are religious, like, diving into that mm-hmm. would be helpful. Being around like-minded people, going to church, finding life groups or Bible studies, just, like... Whatever your spiritual health is, Mm -hmm. just, like, making time for that every day. Because Mm -hmm. I know, like, if I make time for that, I have a better day. Totally. And I don't make time for it every day. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, like, something we all need to work on, I think. Yeah, I think Brooke and I both are Christian, and so, like, I find whenever I spend time alone with God, specifically in the morning, like, I usually have time more at night to do it, but Mm -hmm. I need it more in the morning um, to set up your whole day, and it could be anything for you, whatever your spiritual life looks like, Mm -hmm. like, even if it's meditation or, like, setting your intentions for the day is so, so important to get in touch with what you and your 
spiritual guide or whatever you want to call it, or for, in our example, God, mm-hmm. like whatever they're calling for your life and, and whatever they're calling for your day is or your intentions for that day is so important. And just centering, right? Like throughout mm-hmm. the day to like when my toddler's throwing a fit <laughs> and I can be like, yeah. what's my purpose here? You know, mm-hmm. like calm down, take a breath and like recenter yourself on what your intentions for that day were. And, um, you know, what your life kind of looks like in that spiritual way is so important. And again, with the research on people who are spiritual in general, not just Christianity, but any spiritual relationship mm-hmm. you have with a higher power has shown huge and immense um, decreases in things like depression, anxiety, suicide, things like that, because people are hopeful. So mm-hmm. finding whatever it is you believe in and putting your faith in that and giving time and space for it in your life is super mm-hmm. important for your health. Yeah. I feel like like this year, for instance, has been probably the most stressful year of my life. And <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. Open yeah. heart surgery for your kid. Check. <laughs> yeah. Being told your child's going to die over and over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that'll do yeah, it. that'll do it. So I think like for me, a big part of what helped get me through was my church and praying and reading the Bible and, you know, doing all these things like I'll just say this quick story quick. Um, So I was on my lunch break when I found out that when I knew that something was probably a little different with Ashton at the time and I was reading a verse. I can't remember what it is. It circled my Bible, but it, I essentially like got this message, like it's a boy and he's going to be okay Mm -hmm. and not joking. And we didn't know his gender. I know we didn't know his gender until like he was born Uh and I just got this message like it's a boy and he's gonna be okay and then like two minutes later my phone rang and it was my doctor and he's just like I'm so sorry your baby has down syndrome and Mm -hmm. I was like no it's gonna be okay like yeah yeah it's a boy and he's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. my doctor was like why Uh, is she taking this did you hear me (laughs) but you know it was like had I not had that yeah I probably would have been a disaster but it was just like Tapping into that really helped me cope with everything that we had gone through this year. Um, For sure. So, yeah. And I think, too, what I've seen in you, but also just in general for, like, another healthy habit is forming relationships. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think your spiritual life gives a really good entrance to forming community and fellowship and and good, strong friendships. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've seen this with you with, like, the Down Syndrome community, but Mm -hmm. also, like, through your church and your life group and us with our small group and just Mm -hmm. friends, like, even in our neighborhood. Like, spirituality is a great way to meet other people who have common, like, values and morals Mm -hmm. with you. I also think proximity, so, like, our neighborhood is a good place to find those, like, friendships and building them on something um, a little bit deeper than maybe just, like, hey, how's the weather kind of situation Mm -hmm. and having them for someone you can lean on. I think those are really good healthy habits to instill, not only forming those relationships, but keeping up with them, having someone outside of your immediate family that you can lean on or talk to or even be there for. Like I've found that it helps me a lot in my perspective of my life to be Mm -hmm. able to hear other people's situations in their life and help them through it just as much as I need to support, to lean on them too. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think that's really important and goes along with like, I think like the spiritual life is a great way to Mm -hmm. meet people that you can talk to and confide in. But obviously there's plenty of other ways you can find friends and I mean, Craigslist. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever you do. People post on Nextdoor Mm -hmm. and they're like, hey, I'll be on my front porch from this time to this time if you want to come hang out. And I'm always like, I would be murdered. That's all that I would think is that murderers would show up. 
Oh my uh, gosh. So that's not where I meet my friends. But <laughs> that's hilarious. But you can. Uh, one one thing our pastor says a lot is like show show me your friends and I'll show you like the path that you're gonna go down. Oh. And I think that's really important because if you're surrounding yourself with like minded people, people that follow the same spiritual path as you mm-hmm. or um, have a lot of the same morals and values, like that's the direction you're going to go. And if you're surrounding yourself with people who are very negative or, um, just have no hope in life and like they're going down that path and that's all you're surrounded with, like, guess what you're going to feel like mentally. Totally. So I think, you know, surrounding yourself with people that make you feel good is another healthy habit. Yeah, and truly support you and what you're going after in life too. Like I think there's and maybe Benny Brown Benny Brene? Brene. Brene. I always forget the R. Brene. Brene Brown. I think it's her. Yeah. Probably. I don't know, I'm gonna have to scratch this if I'm wrong, but it's like you are who the closest five people are to you or something mm-hmm. like that. Where it's like you start to kind of see it's the same kind of idea. It's like you start to kind of see life the same way they do or, you know, you just influence each other. And mm-hmm. so you want to make sure you're a good influence, but that you're surrounding yourself with good influences and people who support you. And I don't know, I just cheer you on and legitimately want good for you versus mm-hmm. people that are always tearing you down or making you feel like crap or mm-hmm. I don't know, just yeah, <laughs> those definitely... type of people you do not need space for in your life I know. or confront them. Like some people may not even know they're doing it. And obviously, I think most mature adults, you know that when they're doing that to you, it's a reflection on them, not on you. Right, right. And some people in my life, when I've confronted them about it, then they're like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of just cutting people out of your life and not telling them why. (laughs) Yeah. No. Just have an awkward conversation with them and tell them like, hey, you bring this up every time we hang out. Can you back off or something? And Mm -hmm. then seeing that they can shift their mindset or the way that they talk to you. I'm open to that. If people came to me with that, it might take me a day or two, but eventually yeah, I would try if, to do better. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be in their life, you're going to have to figure out how to do better. Mm-hmm. So give them that opportunity too. Yeah. Another um, healthy habit is we talked about this a lot in our exercise episode, but just movement. Yes. Whatever that may look like, whether it's dancing mm-hmm. with your kids, going for a walk with the family, um, hiking, being out in nature. I mean, there's so many ways to move. It does not have to involve going to a gym. Right. And I think people have this mindset of, okay, I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to eat clean (laughs) and go to the gym. And it's like, sure. If you enjoy going to the gym, go to the gym, right? Go and do what you enjoy there, but don't go to the gym because you think you should go to the gym. You have to, or should. Yeah. Yeah. Or you feel guilt. Like I, Mm -hmm. I used to feel guilt if I missed a workout. Mm -hmm. Now I don't. (laughs) <laughs> Today I missed a workout and yeah. it was like, sorry, my, like my, my grocery shopping had to get down on my lunch yeah. versus the gym. And like, so it, it just, I don't feel guilty about it. Right. Two years ago, three years ago, I would have felt guilty about it. Yeah. I've been like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so stressed. I'm stressed. I'm missing my workout. Oh my gosh. And it like, it would give me anxiety just missing a workout. And yes, exercise helps my anxiety, but now I don't let it like control me. Yeah. Like it's coming it from to. a different place. Right. And this is like what we talk about is setting your intentions. Like why am I working out? Why am I choosing mm-hmm. to work out? Well, because it makes me feel good. That's why you want to be working out. Not because, well, my trainer told me I had to make this workout mm-hmm. or I'm a bad human or I'm going to get fat or I'm going to gain weight or I'm going mm-hmm. to look bad in my swimsuit or whatnot. If it's coming from a place of negativity and having to or should. So having or shoulds are like 
the words you want to stay away from. Mm -hmm. I want to work out because I want to work out because I enjoy that class because I want to see my friend when Brooke and I work out together Mm -hmm. that we haven't done in a while. Yeah, we need to do that again. I know, now that we're both not pregnant. Yes. (laughs) Likely not pregnant. No, just joking. (laughs) What am I missing? Surprise! Um, Now, you know, seeing a friend. I enjoy doing this activity with my friend or going hiking or walking or whatnot with your family. Like you said, that should be your intention is enjoying the movement, enjoying Mm -hmm. the time you're spending with people or alone by yourself. I remember when we picked up swimming, I like loved it because it was so quiet. Yeah. It's like my toddler and baby are so loud. I just want to swim and be underwater where no one can talk to me. Yeah, I love swimming. I know I do yeah. swimming once a week. That's awesome. Yeah, I get back to it. I do, and I like that because it doesn't. I normally enjoy classes at the gym, but like if I can't make it at my exact time during my exact lunch break, or I can't make it at that one night, like. Yeah. It just doesn't happen, and so I do like right. swimming because I can just go whenever I want. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, your gym, too. Our gym, like, has special hours for swimming. It's such a pain, so it's, like, mostly I just have to go at 530 in the morning, which I can do, but it's been, like, now I feel like I can start doing that again, mm-hmm. like, doing my spin and, and that, but I'm always worried, like, what if she wakes up, and then he'll have to, I guess he can just pull milk from the freezer. Like, he'll be fine. Josh, I'm talking about my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Not just he. He has milk in the freezer. He has milk in the freezer. It's fine. But, at, like, at the time, I was like, I don't know if I should leave. But now she's on, like, more routine. I know mm-hmm. that she probably won't wake up until I get home, which would be nice. Yeah. So just finding something you enjoy and making exercise or it doesn't, you don't even have to call it exercise. It can mm-hmm. literally be like, oh, I'm going to go walk my dog for an hour tonight. Move. Yeah. Just that's move. That counts as exercise. Yeah, totally. That is being outside, walking your dog for an hour. That's good for your mental health. You get your vitamin D, you're moving your body, you're getting your heart rate up. That's a beautiful it's workout. a lot of boxes there. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, that is a, something totally fine and dandy to do. Yeah, if there's like if there's triggering and like happening in you when we hear, when you hear the word exercise or workout, call it something else. A lot of people call it joyful movement, and I always love that. It's like joyful movement because it shows that it just has to be something that you're doing that's moving. So moving your body in some way that's joyful to you that brings joy. And every day can be different. Like, mm-hmm. Brooke, I cannot tell you the type of human that I am, type A. I would love it if someone just like wrote out like a Excel spreadsheet of what I needed to do every day. Like Mm -hmm. every day, if I could just follow a list of like, wake up, eat breakfast, work out, do this exact workout, eat this exact thing for breakfast, like wear these exact clothes, do this Mm -hmm. exact thing. I would love it and hate. I mean, obviously I would probably hate it over time. Yeah. But like in my head, I just want every day to look the same. And I remember when I was pregnant, I made a checklist of things I wanted to do every day to get my V back. And Mm -hmm. I brought it in my midwife and I was so proud of it. And she was like, Hey, you need to calm down. (laughs) Your body knows what to do. You'll be fine if you miss a day of red red raspberry leaf tea. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Like, what do people do? Yes. I teach intuitive eating, and yet I wasn't letting my body be intuitive about being pregnant. I was trying to control it all. So it's like, take a step back. Find something that's enjoyable to you in all arenas, and every day is going to look different. Mm -hmm. Some days you might want to go on an eight-mile run like a psycho. Other days you might want to just take a walk around the block and be done with it Mm -hmm. or do like a slow yoga flow. And other days you might want to do spin class and have it super hyped up. And that's okay for you to want to do different things on different Mm -hmm. days. And that's something that's taken me a long time I think it's probably better, actually. Oh, yeah. To, like, mix up. Yeah, like. Sure. For me, I do better if I do like yoga one day, bar one day, spin class 
or hiking or snowboarding or uh-huh. um, swimming, like mixing it up so I don't get bored. And like going to different instructors is good too. So you're getting a little bit of a different workout. But yeah, like I cannot do the same workout three, four days in a row or four oh, days yeah, a week. Like there's, sure. I couldn't do, I like spin, but I could not go to spin class four days a week. Yeah. I would, I yeah, need I yoga. I need like, I need a variety. So. The principles of intuitive eating, like it's really intuitive living and those same principles can be applied to things like working out or movement where every day it's okay to look different. But I also like, I've set up schedules before where I'm like, okay, I spend Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, I go to yoga mm-hmm. weekends. I do like something outdoorsy, like mm-hmm. hike or go skiing or something like that. So those are like, that's my schedule. Mm-hmm. Part of me likes that because I know like on Monday, I'm really looking forward to my yoga class the next mm-hmm. day. Like, Oh, I can't wait till yoga. And then during yoga, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for my spin class. Like, it's nice to have something to look forward to, mm-hmm. but also certain days I'd wake up and be like, I don't really want to go to spin. I just don't feel like super enthralled, like especially mm-hmm. around my period. I was just like, no, don't feel like mm-hmm. it. Like I'm done with that. I'll just go to yoga go to or yoga, do that yeah. thing or whatever or take a walk. And that's okay to like listen to your body in those moments too. But it's also okay to have a plan so that you're looking forward to something. And that mm-hmm. includes rest days, like along with sleep mm-hmm. that we talked about already, actual just rest where you sit and you're just not doing anything physical is okay too. Mm -hmm. And I think those are like some of the best things to look forward to is like, I just get to rest on Sunday or whatever day Mm -hmm. that rest day is for you. Just calm down everything inside. Especially (laughs) with like cold and flu season coming up. I know Mm -hmm. some people are like, Oh, I feel like a cold's coming on, but I'm still going to go do my intense workout. Like You're just killing your immune system and your body. Like those are the days that you need to say, okay, you know what? I'm not feeling good. I feel like a, a cold's coming on. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to drink lots Preserve of fluid. Preserve energy. Yeah. yeah, and I'm going to try to hopefully feel better in the next day or two so that I can go back to my normal workout. Yeah. Because I've seen people do it time and time again where they feel like they're getting a cold and then they work their body, work their body, and now they're two, three weeks in and they still can't recover mm-hmm. versus like, had you just rested for those two to three days, Yeah. you'd probably be feeling a lot better by the end of the week where yeah. you can start to do your workouts. Same thing with injury too, where people don't listen yes. to their body and they're like... Oh, it's just a sprain. Okay, well, it's just a sprain that's going to last forever if you don't give it or the respect. Or turn into a fracture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. If you don't give it the respect it deserves and rest, mm-hmm. it's going to get worse. So listen to your body. And no one can tell you. Like, I can't look at Brooke after she sprains her ankle and be like, oh, you're going to need exactly eight days off of your ankle. I don't know. You mm-hmm. have to listen to your own body and how it's feeling inside you because no one can look at you and tell you how you feel or what you should eat or what you should do with your body movement wise or rest wise. Mm -hmm. That's for you to decide, which means that you need to build that relationship of trust with your body over and over and over again daily for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like intuitive eating, it's a journey. Nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think overall just like keeping in the back of your mind that there's no good foods, there's no bad foods, Mm -hmm. all foods fit but there are foods that are more nutrient dense, which is why we're dietitians, which is why we study this. We can tell you all the nutrient dense food, but guess what? We probably don't have to because like it's in common sense. You yeah. just know. Um, and there's a time and place for, for all foods. So you listen to your body and you're going to figure out pretty quickly what foods fuel you and make you feel good. Um, and just like we, I think we all just need to, Stop the comparison game and whether that means getting off social media or blocking people on social media or unfollowing people on social media, like clean up your social media. If you get on your phone and you feel like the comparison game is just stealing from you Mm -hmm. and it's a thief of joy for you, 
then, you know, like you need to like reset because if that's bringing you down, that's Mm going to bring more stress upon you. It's going to make you feel bad about yourself. So I think just kind of like cleaning up those external factors are important. Yeah. I think social media is one that sneaks up on you because like, I don't think it's necessarily like a clear cut line like that you can follow Mm -hmm. for most people, at least for me. Like I would never sit here and if someone were like, oh, do you feel like you're comparing yourself to someone on Instagram? I'd be like, no, what are you talking about? But then if I'm in a moment of despair or like feeling mom guilt or something, if I start to pick it apart and work backwards, it might be because I spent a ton of time looking at different moms on Instagram or Mm -hmm. looking through photos or videos of, you know, when I felt like a better mom Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, now I feel like crap. (laughs) It's like, so you can weave yourself back to that where you're like, oh, why didn't they like my photo? Or why didn't they respond to my comment? Or wow, their kids never throw fits. And you're like, you're only seeing a Snapchat, Snapchat, (laughs) snapshot of their life. And like, we all know that. But then I think we forget that though. It seeps in. Yeah. So like take a step back when you're looking at someone on Instagram and maybe they just make you feel a little icky or you start to feel like guilt come in. Just unfollow them. It's fine. Mm -hmm. You you can mute people too. If it's your family or someone you don't want them to know you unfollow them, mute them. Mm -hmm. Who cares? It's fine. Right. Yeah. So it's just stop comparing your body to others Mm -hmm. and yourself to others because you're just never going to be happy if you're continuing to do that. Or even comparing yourself to yourself, like just have grace with yourself, knowing that your lifestyle is going to change. Like after you have kids or, um, later in life, as you get older, now we're getting into our thirties, you know, like your life and the way that you, um, live your life is going to change and that's okay. Like, it's okay if you can't just like hop out and like my husband, for example, nowadays probably could not just like pick up and run a 10k um tomorrow morning i bet he'd argue with me that he could but he probably cannot however when we were first married we did a 10k and he literally didn't train for it at all i trained for it and he literally just woke up and ran it faster than me (laughs) and it's like that's just one of those things now as we get older you can't do that anymore so don't compare yourself to that just all you can do is move forward and be gracious with yourself so i think that was That was like all the major points I have. So it is okay to like allow yourself to do healthy habits and intuitively eat is what we're trying to get at. And just, I find like the intuitive eating principles isn't something that you read through, apply to your life, master once and you're done with it. I think it is a forever evolving cycle of like, okay, I've done, you know, and I do think that they're meant to be done in order of some kind, but I do think like going through them consistently throughout your life, like you never master one and you're done with it. Like, no, I never, ever, ever have to like ditch diet culture. (laughs) Nope. You're probably always going to have to start weeding out. You're always battling it. Yeah. Yeah. Or something new will come out that you'll be like kind of interested in. You'll kind of grasp onto it and start it again. And then you're like, wait, why am I doing this? This is a diet or whatever and get it out of your life again. So going through those cycles throughout your life to cleanse part of your lives and getting back to intuitive eating is going to be a constant battle and a constant situation. So embrace it. And I think the biggest thing for me for healthy habits, whatever they may be, A, never ever make it a hard and fast rule. Like that Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing with intuitive eating, not only in intuitive living, like every part of your life, there should be no strict rules. I mean, talk with your doctor if you have like a specific ailment, right. of course. Or like a specific medication or yeah, something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those allergy. might be a rule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I have a milk allergy? I'm going to go fine. drink some milk. Yeah. No, probably don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
egg allergies, peanuts, stay away. Yeah, peanuts. Anyways. Okay, but like hard and fast rules don't, like if you start learning about yourself that like, oh, I do really well with a green smoothie first thing in the morning, that doesn't mean you have to start your day with a green smoothie just because that's when you feel your best. Mm -hmm. Don't make it a rule. Just remember, hey, I want to feel good today and I, I enjoy having this cold smoothie and it's refreshing and it satisfies me and I feel good and I feel healthy afterwards and hydrated then I want to choose a green smoothie. Don't do it because you're like, well, I know I feel best when I drink a green smoothie and it's doing myself a disservice if I don't always eat something to make me feel my best. So I have to drink a green smoothie. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So don't make it a rule about yourself. Don't get hung up on it. Don't overthink it. Um, Don't ever do something out of a have to or I should. Like those words in your vocabulary should be preserved for a different area of your life outside of eating or the words i can't i can't yeah i can't do this avoid this never eat that Mm -hmm. like it's all okay all foods fit all foods and literally we mean all foods zebra cakes are one that come to mind all foods those are nasty (laughs) hey i oh i don't love them now but i did when i was younger and those like cosmic brownies oh i've never had those jesse thinks they're good I would throw up. I could not. I do. Ho-ho's or whatever. When I'm picturing eating a zebra cake, I'm pretty sure it just like dissolves in your mouth. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> the only things that are good of like the little Debbie's were like Nutter Butters. I did Those like are Nutter good. Butters. Wait, 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 wait. They're Nutter like butters. crunchy and peanut butter. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Those are good. With the crispy. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, know what you're talking I can't about. eat those anymore. Yeah, but... I was gonna say those are probably filled with wheat. They are, but they're good. So make sure your intentions are right when you're coming across a new habit or want to introduce a new habit to your life. That it's coming out of a place of I want to feel good or this will make me feel this way and that's how I want to feel today. I I don't know. I enjoy doing this movement. I enjoy waking up feeling refreshed. That's where it should be coming from. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a lot of information. Nailed it. But... Hey, 45 minutes, pretty good. That is pretty good. I was like, man, I feel like we have a lot of information on this one. Our last episode, I'm just going to put this in here for you guys' amusement. We had 38 minutes of us, and then I had to edit it down, and it's now like 24. That's how many times our kids... Well, not ours. My kids and my dogs interrupted us. That seven. Although my no, husband seven. texted me like twice and was like, "When are you coming home? Going he won't Help stop me. crying." <laughs> so it was literally like almost fifteen minutes. Our of whole time episode was it was just like a disaster. It was a disaster. Our families were falling we, apart. <laughs> they were imploding without us. We're very important. We so. are important. <laughs> we got the milk. We have the boobs. <laughs> oh, she said it politely. I said boobs. Yeah. Um, we have the now breasts. Now we have an office, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, guys. Um, so if you're interested in sponsoring our show, <laughs> if you're inter- interested in not hearing babies every time we record, yeah, then we're gonna get a pay little for studio. our office. <laughs> Duh. Obviously. Um, also, you guys should definitely rate us and yes. write us a review. Yes. And feel free to message us if you have anything that you want answered, yes. any podcast topics. Or if you have some constructive criticism, definitely DM us. Don't put it in the reviews. No, I'm just kidding. You can do <laughs> Keep it. Out of you there. do you. Do whatever you want. Five stars. Um, five stars. No. Um, also, we're thinking about, let us know if you think this is a good idea. We're thinking about doing a giveaway soon yes. because we're coming up on a year of episodes, <laughs> which is crazy. So you have a lot to binge if you're just, if you're new. Hello here, by the way. Yes. You know, 45 minutes later. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> yes. um, but anyways, we're thinking about doing a review, but we, a review, a giveaway. giveaway. Um, but also, if you wouldn't mind sharing this 
podcast with your friends or family or people who you think need it mm-hmm. um, or would enjoy it, please share it. That would yeah. be that's the best way to like show us that you like us. Uh-huh. <laughs> share it with a friend or family member. Yeah, shout us out on social media. Like maybe um, if someone's talking about horrible diet culture on Monday at work and they're like, I have to start my diet. I'm so fat. Just like casually send them an anonymous note to listen to our episodes. Hey guys. <laughs> Passive aggressively totally dropped, dropped our podcast um, last night to our therapist. I was You're like, the oh, best. Actually, I've done it to both of our ther- my son's You've therapist. done it to everyone you introduce yourself to. You're like, in labor. Hey, I'm Brooke Miller. Yeah, in labor. <laughs> Pushing in between pushes. Oh, I have an episode on keto. I'm so bad at it. I just like sit there and I'm like, oh, interesting. Uh-huh. And, I sh- and Josh was like, why don't you tell them? And I was like... I don't know. Felt weird. I'm <laughs> the worst. Yeah. You need right. to feel less weird. Anyway. We should make business cards where we can just hand them out to people. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to us on our podcast. Absolutely. Right. Anyways, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. With see you next episode. Tuesday. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Oh, I'm gonna get water. Oh, that's the wrong button. Whoop.